0: Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I am so glad to be with you. Looking forward to another fun episode, and I've got my good friend David Bruno with me, and we're going to dive into a topic that I think will resonate with any leader, whether you're new to ministry or whether you're a seasoned veteran. So let me ask you the question. Um, Have you ever found yourself dreaming of more? Now, I know most of us would say absolutely, always, but I'm talking about more time in the day, in the week, more Mm -hmm. volunteers. Every Sunday, Mm -hmm. more kingdom impact. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then the the reality hits of only to find yourself where you're adding just a little bit more here and a little bit more there. You end up running out of time during the week. Discouragement starts to set in, especially on Sundays when you get those call-ins or even on Saturday night, you get Mm -hmm. the call-offs, uh, It it can be hard. And then you start to think, well, what kind of kingdom impact am I having? Mm. And so we feel like more of an addition table than a multiplication table. Um, Well, if that's you, which I think it's been all of us at one point or another, but if it's you or it has been you, then this episode is going to resonate. We want to help you become a multiplication mindset leader. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So stay tuned and stay with us cuz we're going to dive in. So hey David, welcome yeah. back, brother. How's it going?
1: It's going great. It's so great to be here. Uh you know, you know what popped up in my memories uh this week was our 8-year anniversary where we were doing the infuse. It was our friend anniversary. We really? did infuse together. Wow. Yeah, where where we did the um where do we go? We went I think it was the Ryman where they did that that three color poster thing i forget what that yep. was it a
0: hatch print is that what? That oh was yeah hatch show prints yes. yeah
1: hatch show print that was what they took a group photo of us there that's and right I was, I was standing right
0: next to you in that picture and was like, <laughs> hey, look, it's like <laughs> hey look at that oh you're gonna have to send me that that's that's yeah. cool um so i don't know why they didn't pop up in my memory so i'm a little irritated with know. facebook shame i gotta on. go
1: through and make sure you're you're tagged
0: yeah I I do have I still have my hat show print hanging up in my office so well there you go uh, that we got to make that was some cool you learned we learned a lot about multiplying and about being healthy leaders uh at that place man I still got notes on that one uh I still Mm -hmm. teach on that um Mm -hmm. the things we learned about their the presses and the wooden letters and all of that so yeah there's there's a little travel tip from Tom the travel agent um (laughs) If you're in Nashville, go check out Hatch Show Prints where they print the posters for the for the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, and it's a big it's, deal. But
1: it's cooler than you would think.
0: It was it, like It really I, is. I walked in, I'm like,
1: what are we doing here? And then as we went through, I was like, okay, this is really cool. This is, yeah.
0: And cool. and then when you go, and not only is it cool just what they do, but like I said, then then you start thinking about this from a leadership perspective. And what are the parallels between leadership and leading volunteers and leading yourself mm-hmm. well? Um, Mm -hmm. and when you look at all the maintenance that they do and how they preserve those letters and all the different things that they do, um, there was, there were so many crossovers that I pulled from that day. Um, and you know, Jim Weidman, Weidman's the master of taking you places and going, you're first going, why are we here? Yeah. Only to discover there's some deep lessons that he's wanting you to pull out from this. That's true. That's true. It's good. stuff. All right. Well, let's dive in and, and, uh, because this is an episode that I, I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and here's why. So I'm going to kind of answer the why question right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we want to talk about becoming a multiplication table versus our multiplication, even mindset leader versus an addition mindset leader? Well, because leaders are too worn out, mm-hmm. um, leaders are too overwhelmed, leaders are too alone. And they're also too discouraged, right. uh, and so we need leaders who can figure out how to move from that addition mindset to a multiplication mindset, so that they can alleviate some of these kind of things. And I truly believe it mm-hmm. happens when you change that. Um, and so um, let's let's dive into this, David. Um, yeah, I would love to know from you where should a leader start when it comes to multiplying themselves and, and getting their mindset to a a place where they know they need to multiply themselves. And, and what does that mean to you? If I say you need to multiply yourself, I guess let's start with all those. So the idea really that I think when I think about multiply yourself
1: is I start thinking about the levels of leadership, and i don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast before but the when we talk about like john maxwell talks about the five levels of leadership mm-hmm. and that first level is that positional leadership and a lot of times we find ourselves as as children's leaders we were doers and so we just got things done and we were there and so people saw something in us and asked us to step into a role uh and then we're in that role and we're doing that and we may be leading Uh, But we're just there as a, as a position. Um, And eventually as you get people around you, then you get that permission part of it where people like give you permission that I'm going to follow you. But really, if you want to get to that next level of leadership, that's where you start leading other people. And, and that's, and so when we're talking about multiplying ourselves, what we're saying is that I'm going to take what I do here and I'm going to train you to do this the, uh, like, it's like, we've been talking about Jim, that Jim said, hey, someone let you sorry all over a bunch of people, you need to return the favor. So <laughs> like, so when you're, when you're multiplying yourself, what you're saying is like, okay, instead of me spending all of my time doing this one thing, I am going to spend more time really training someone else how to do this so that then they can take it and be able to go and do it. For, go do it for a long time without yeah. you necessarily having to spend the time to do it yourself because right. it takes a lot less time to go check in on how you're doing or look at look at the completed work versus you actually doing it yourself. Uh, and so that, that's – that. so the question is when should a leader start multiplying themselves? The, a leader should start multiplying themselves on day one. Because that's what a leader does. A leader starts to lead people and they start training other people to do the work uh, of of what you're doing, of how you're doing it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's vital to, if you're going to be in, in ministry for the long haul, that, that should really be, you know, people often ask me, you know, what, what do I do? I'm a brand new leader. What do I, where do I start? And I said, start by finding someone else to do it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't do ministry alone. and 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 so to to move from an addition mindset to a multiplying mindset means you don't do ministry alone period mm-hmm. um you always find ways to involve people and you in order to do that you have to get beyond the mindset of i'm asking something that's too big too hard too time consuming for people they're too busy they're gonna say no you've got to shut off that inner cynic and that inner liar <laughs> And say, nope, I'm not listening to those things. Um, That's stinking thinking. It's addition thinking. Mm. I need to say, hey, I want to leverage your time. I want to invite you to come use your gifts and talents and abilities for the kingdom work um, and dive in on that. Um, And I I, think you've got to start at the very beginning. Yeah,
1: I would would say along the same lines of what you said is that on, on the other side of the coin is that some people may think, Like what you said that, like, I don't want to, I don't want to impose on them. I'm going to ask that. But like, for me, my problem was why I didn't multiply myself is that I didn't trust other people to be able to get the work done. Uh, And so like, you could call my first couple of years in children's ministry, the David Reno show uh, (laughs) that I, I had other people who were in the room with me, but I was the star and and yep. so I was doing that. And so it a lot of my leadership journey has been giving up control and allowing other people to do it, even yes. if they're not going to do it as well as I am going to do it or as I can do it, uh, just so that they have the privilege and the opportunity for them to
0: learn how to learn how to do it. Yeah. And we have to remember, we serve a God who can make donkeys talk, right? He can take anyone. And use them to make an impact. And, yeah. and so, we, you know, it really is, I guess I'm going to have to call it out because I had to call it out in myself. There's a pride issue mm-hmm. um, with a lot of leaders that we're so prideful that we think and we'll tell ourselves, no one wants to do this. No one can do this. Uh, people are too busy. And that's a lie. That's pride. I'm going to just say yeah. it. it's prideful. To think, well, no one else can do it as good as me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, are you scared of that? What if they do it better? Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: let well, go I, of that. And the truth I mean, is you don't know because until you get that person in there, you're not going to know how good they're going to be. Exactly. You have to, because, and, and even like if they're awful at the beginning, there was a guy when I was in college, I was a, I was a third year and he was a first year. He wanted to really get into graphic design And, and he, I could see some talent in him. And my leader kept telling him like, he's no good. Quit asking him to do that stuff. And I was like, no, I think he's got some talent. And within two years, he's running the entire graphics department. Uh, So like there's, (laughs) there's sometimes where like people, like they may not, they may be just not quite there yet, but with some part with someone that believes in them and someone that gives them that opportunity to do that. And in children's ministry, it's a, it's a safe place to do that, which is just great to do that, to let somebody try and do something so that you can, uh, so so they can step up and step into the giftings and the callings that God has given them to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, Tom, I, I know that you've served at served at some smaller churches. Mm-hmm. So, like, multiplying yourself is all well and good. It's like, yeah, if you serve at a church of a thousand people or more, finding more people is easy. But what happens when you're serving at a church that's got 100 people or a church that's got, like, 50 people? How do you find yeah. these people that can take the job for you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you take jobs and you break them down and it, but it, but basically, uh, it, you find one. You start with just finding one. Find one other person that shares your heartbeat, that shares the, the love for ministry that you do. It may not be on the same scale, but I can guarantee you when you find one, you will start multiplying. And you got to start somewhere. Now that'll feel like only an addition. You're only adding one plus one, but trust me, it's multiplying. It's more like mm-hmm. one times one, because when you have two people doing things, scripture says it's better Uh, because mm-hmm. if one falls down, if one struggles, the other picks them up. So we yeah. know biblically it's the right thing. So why would you go against that? So you, again, get rid of the, the addition mindset and say, I'm going to find one and then that person is going to be challenged to find one more and pretty soon you're going to be multiplying faster than you thought but when you have a smaller pool you might have to have a bold conversation if there's someone in another area that has the giftings that you need to to fill a spot that will help you multiply even greater then go to the 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 team and say hey I have this opportunity to really see some ministry multiply and I need this person and here's why and mm-hmm. explain the role and the why behind it and why they're such a good fit and ask for permission to talk to them yeah. Um and go recruiting. Um, I've had to do that in smaller churches that I served in. I had to talk to the pastor um and say, Hey, I know this person's been serving over here. Can, can you give them up? And can you give me permission to go talk to them and allow them to come into the children's ministry? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can find another adult to do lead this X ministry. But to find, you know how rare it is to find somebody that has the gifting to work in children's ministry. Would you give me permission to go talk to them? Nine times out of ten, I got a green light. Mm-hmm. And then I had that conversation and I explained why the, to this person that I felt like they were a perfect fit for this specific role, for this specific reason. And I've had great success with that. I really have. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge anybody who's out there thinking, well, but I'm going to no, stop saying, stop thinking that st- fire the inner critic and
1: yeah. just
0: go do it. Mm-hmm. I dare you. Um, it's, it's, it it's a limit.
1: It's a limiting belief.
0: It that, is that we, we sure. can come
1: in we can come in and limit ourselves is that someone's gonna say no or they're they're gonna be embarrassed or they're gonna be upset about it. And so you just sometimes we just have to push past that limiting belief and say, Okay, I'm gonna do this because this is what God is God is what this is what yep. God is asking me to do. Yep. Uh I, I think a lot of times in smaller churches that that you have to there's a lot of people that do a lot of work, but then there's a lot of people that don't do a lot of work. And so, and and whether you're a small church or big church, that it just means percentage wise, that's true. Uh, yes. it's just, it's, it's just a bigger thing. So you, what you may want to do is think outside the box and, and uh, some person that like, oh, this person's perfect. Well, they might be perfect, but this other person that you may never, never have thought about asking may also be perfect. So look at all your options of all those people One of the things I've always done when I've gone on a recruiting spree of trying to find people is that I print off the list of all the parents and I go and I mark, okay, who's serving where? Mm -hmm. And And then the first people I ask are the people who's not serving anywhere. Because yep. if we want to keep those people engaged with our church in the first place, they need to be involved in what we're doing. And so we want to get these people that aren't involved in anything, right? So let's ask yep. those people first. And then, and then if we can't, and then those people don't really fit those roles, then we can start expanding our, our
0: outlook. Well, that was, that was a great answer that leads us right into the next thing is, mm. that we want to talk about is when you are building a team so that you can multiply. Now a team could be one person, it could be two or three. Um, what are some essentials uh that create healthy teams? Uh, what are some things that will help us set up a multiplying ministry um and mm-hmm. set ourselves up to be a multiplying leader
1: yeah i, I think the from for me the first time first thing that that comes to mind is that you have to create an environment where people enjoy serving because mm-hmm. if they hate serving in your ministry <laughs> they're they're leaving soon and they're definitely not bringing their friends you know because people are going to talk about serving in the place so you want to create an environment that makes them feel valued that makes them feel like you're prepared that that you value their time and their energy that that's putting in there so um spend some time and give them feedback and give them encouragement buy them buy them breakfast from time to time you know get them the stuff that they need to help Sir, to, to create that environment. And then also, like I said, have your things together. So, um, create a job description. So you're, so you know, so they know what you're asking them to do. Uh, when you prepare your service, you need to have everything printed out so you can say, okay, here's what I'm asking you to do. And so, and send it to them early so they can look at it ahead of time. They choose not to look at it ahead of time. That's on them, but you at least sent it to them so they have it and they're ready uh, and they have everything they need to be ready to to serve on that Sunday. Because if you come in disorganized, or if you're just hard on them, or you're absent on them, then that's not really going to be a leader that they're going to want to follow. And it's going to be difficult for you to multiply yourself and grow your ministry. Yeah.
0: Yep. I would echo that. I would say if you're going to ha- set the essentials up, it's you've got to have a simple application. You've got to have a simple process for the background check. You've got to have a simple onboard Uh, you've got to have a simple way to assign them to the team you've got to have clear expectation um, of when do they need to show up how often do they need to show up what do they need to do when they show up what do they need to do if they can't show up um Mm -hmm. you need to give them all of those kind of simple little things but they need to be clean neat in order uh and then you need to give them some basic training of this is how you're going to win. And this is how you're going to have fun. Um, I mm-hmm. agree with you. Uh, if your team is having fun together, if your team um, serves and 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 works together and cheerleads each other, um, it is huge. And and I think that's. Those are some super essential things when you're building healthy teams. You've got to make sure you have the right, like Jim Collins says, the right person on the right seat of the bus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You don't want to just plug people in anywhere willy nilly. And there may be some people you need to move around. Um, I'm going to say this, and this is going to freak some people out. There are some people that you need to get off your team because they're not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, There might be some people who are on your teams right now that you need to give them a break. You need to give them a sabbatical. You need to give them a season of rest Um, Mm -hmm. or you need to give them a reassignment. Um, Mm -hmm. And you might need to trade some volunteers with another team because they're better fit elsewhere. You know, healthy teams are built on healthy values, Mm -hmm. um, which are led by healthy leaders. So if you're going to build a healthy team, you've got to have a healthy multiplication mindset. You've got to pour into people who are going to have that mindset with you, Uh, Mm -hmm. and then you're going to make sure, again, that that system and process is clean and moves people always in a forward motion. You want to make sure that you and your team have it under, you know, you've got it plugged in right, Um, automate it where you can. Um, Make it simple. I mean, I'm so thrilled. The the place that I'm serving with right now, um, we can autumn, you know, we can text a uh, application to somebody. We have our Mm. our volunteer covenant. We have everything right there. We have our reminders to serve automated. We have all that kind of stuff. They get the two reminders that they're on for the Sunday. Um, They get their their study guide online. It's all mm-hmm. plugged in. So it's boom, 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 boom. And let me tell you, our team is, you know, we mean, we, we're, we're still lacking. We're, we still need more volunteers. Um, I mean, even when we're recording this, I've got a big Sunday coming and this, it, it's a Thursday afternoon or Friday afternoon. I don't even know what day it is. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's <laughs> Friday. It's Friday and Sundays are coming. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm still short and, mm-hmm. and, but I have a plan. And I have a plan to help my team so that even when we're short, my team's not going to feel stressed. Yeah. I want them to have a blast um, at coming in. And so we're going to rock and roll. Um, we we talk about the mantra in our team. Our, one of our team values is we're going to always be flexible with joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it It. You know, everything may be on fire, but my team will never know it for me Mm -hmm. Um, because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be smiling and I'm going to be flexible with joy and I'm going to just keep rolling and I'll be, I'll be bailing water on the fire um, behind them, but they're never going to see it. They're not going to see the flames. They're not going to smell the smoke. And it's not because I'm trying to deceive them. It's just that I want my team focused on the right things. If Mm -hmm. we're going to multiply, you're right. They've got to be excited about serving. Yeah. Um, Right. So let's, let's shift gears if we can a little bit, Mm -hmm. because we talked about, you know, uh, the team stuff, but let's talk about leaders that are overwhelmed because of time and that they're, they're always feeling like, oh, I can't add another thing. And you're telling me I should be multiplying, but I can't even add during the week and and during the day. I'm just struggling. How does a leader get more time during the week? And what do you do to multiply your time, um, so that you can be a, a better multiplication mindset leader.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's simple. You just get a time machine, uh, oh, and then just, just zip yeah, that's what you need. Just go, go back and just, needed. you know, yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> no, uh, the, the thing really what you got to do, uh, and I, I work, I've worked really hard trying to get, trying to dial this in for myself and I, I'm working on this on a regular basis is trying to manage my time well, uh, and, syst- and put systems in place that that makes things easier. So, like when I'm looking at the beginning of my week, is I sit down and I plan out each day—Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday—and each one of those days has a theme. So Monday is staff meeting yeah. day. So that that day's that day most of it is going to be spent on staff meeting, but then the rest of the day is spent on that's when I do my guest follow up. That's when I update all my all my numbers on my dashboard. Uh, you know, that's when, that's when I schedule all of my social media for the week. I d- I sit down and it takes me about 30, 45 minutes and all of my social media and all my channels is done in, in just, in just in that time. So that way that Monday is done. And then when I set up that to-do list that I have for myself is that I have an list of priority of this. These are the most important things that need to be done. And so I'm not even like wasting time thinking about, okay, what should I be doing next? I just open up my to-do list and there, okay, here's the next thing. And then here's the next thing. Uh, and I know some people, they'll go so far as like put time limits on themselves. It's like, okay, I'm only going to work on this for like 30 minutes or I'm only going to work mm-hmm. on this for an hour. I, personally, that has never worked for me. That puts too much pressure and <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> work for me. Um, but, you know, I the it's like, okay, if I don't get to the end of the list, that's okay. That was a big thing I had to say. It was like, okay, I don't have mm. to get everything on the list to count this day as a success. Yeah. Because what happens is is where we start feeling this pressure... Is when we don't have margin. We need yep. to have margin in our day, margin yep. in our week, so that we can let things breathe a little bit. So that when emergencies happen, when bad things, when things we don't expect happen, good or bad, or just you know, like oh, they're throwing a birthday party in the in the break room, like you got to go show up at that. You know, you gotta you gotta have margin in your schedule. And the way you do that is is to have a plan and work the schedule, and you do things that are most important first and then you can fill in with the little things as you go along Uh, and I have a blog post that dives much deeper into this and we can put in the show notes that talks about
0: it cool yep that would be great that would be great so you know I think I agree with you I like I like time batching um Mm -hmm. I like theming my days too um and I have a simple paper sheet that I use um That's kind of my dashboard. And yeah, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I've had, I've tried electronic things um, and I, I do use my calendar quite a bit as as far as blocking the days and things. I, you know, I can block out Mm -hmm. times. I create what I call, because I want to have fun during my day. So I create sandboxes, um, mental Mm -hmm. sandboxes, calendar sandboxes, time sandboxes, whatever you want to call them where I block the time and I put a couple of things in the sandbox that I know I can accomplish during this time and sometimes I've underestimated it because we do that as leaders um we mm-hmm. underestimate the time it's going to take us to do things um and that's often why we end up chasing our tail at the end of the week or can't carrying yeah. things home um but I I put those big 3 things in there for the day and you know, my goal and hope is, is that I'm going to be able to knock out one thing in each sandbox. And by the end of the day, have my big three done for the day um yeah. that I know I've got to do. And then before I leave, one of the things that I've found really helps me multiply my days and my time is by thinking about, OK, tomorrow, here's what I'm going to work on yeah. and putting those things in my sandbox for the next day so that I know and and like you perfection is dangerous um, and can really wipe you out. But I also say perfectionism and perfectionists sometimes can only add instead of multiply. So Mm -hmm. you sometimes have to let go of that perfection and and say, you know what, there is tomorrow and I'm going to leverage it. And so today's, this is what I got done. I'm okay with it. Tomorrow I've got the time I'm going to dig in um, and block that time off. And you're right. Um, People have heard me say it on the podcast many times. My coaching students hear me say it all the time. No margin, no mission. Um, If you don't have margin to create, to rest, to pray, to meditate on scripture, if you don't have time to just sit still um, Mm -hmm. and do nothing, um, yes, you should during the day do nothing um, yeah. because it allows your brain to rest your body to rest um then you know if if you don't have that margin you're not gonna have the mission and it's mm-hmm. it it can be very dangerous so yeah. I think if you're gonna multiply your your days, figure out how you can batch things together, common tasks together, figure out where you mm-hmm. can automate but here's another let my last tidbit find out where you can give them some things away, mm-hmm. either give them away or stop doing them altogether. Um, and, uh, you will find that you can get more out of your day and out of your week when you do those couple simple things.
1: Yeah. Cause then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Like for me, I would, I, I always use PowerPoint for kids ministry, uh, for my, for my thing. And there there was always a graphic up on the screen and I was, I'm good with computers. So like I could do this and I really enjoy doing it. And, and, but it was also taking me an hour to a week to mm-hmm. create this PowerPoint. And so I found, I had this young teenager that was working in my children's ministry. He was homeschooled. Uh, and I was just like, I didn't want to ask him to do this, but he wanted to step up his responsibilities. He wanted mm. to do more in children's yeah. ministry. And so I showed him how to create the PowerPoint uh, and do, do the PowerPoint for us. And so he did the PowerPoint for me for a year and a half. And I did not realize how much, <laughs> that extra hour was like, Oh, this is glorious. Like the, it just wasn't even as much as I even enjoyed creating the PowerPoint for the, for the children's ministry. And yeah. I was still having to go back and, you know, tweak some things and change some things or like track tracking down. I was like, Hey, we need this done. i was still having to do that. But the, even that was less time than me having to create it every single week. Uh, and so that, that was really helpful to just take something as small as like creating Same. the presentation for Sunday and asking someone else to do that. It took a little bit of time on the front end for me to get all the things together so that he could pull it all and make it all together and train him how to do it. But after that, we were golden.
0: So you were really leveraging someone else's time and talent to give yeah. you yourself more multiplication time. I love it. Right.
1: And and that's that's really, when we're talking about this whole multiplication idea, this is what we're doing. You're leveraging someone else's time and talent. And we're not just talking about Sunday. This has to happen throughout the week. You got to yes. get other people that's helping you find other people to manage your small groups, to do your volunteer stuff, to uh go through to post your your schedules and and post yeah. your your curriculum. There's other people that can do this stuff, it's not just you as like the multi-talented high capacity person. (laughs) There are other, you can split that job into like eight different things and let, let different people do those pieces. It's more to manage, but that's also the, that's also what leadership is, 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 is trying to keep, in keeping an eye on the big picture and making all the pieces work.
0: That's solid. That is solid stuff. So let's, let's dive into this idea too, then. Um, Because I have a feeling that some people are starting to feel discouraged. Yeah, I I know I probably would, too. If I were listening to this and I listen to these guys talking about all this stuff and I'd be like, yeah, but you don't know all the stuff I'm carrying. You know what? Right. Everybody carries a a different load. Everybody's Mm -hmm. going through different seasons. And no doubt, even if you're doing things, you know. If you did everything we said, you're still going to face some discouragement. You're going to face some, some overwhelm and some wearing out and, and those kind of things. So, so what are some tips that we could give if you're building a multiplication mindset? Um, How do you not get discouraged? Because at first you're only going to add and it's going to take some time to multiply. You don't, it doesn't always happen overnight. Um, so what are some things that a leader can do to prevent discouragement from overtaking them?
1: What are, what are some, I, I can, I can answer that question, but I've answered the last couple. So what, what, I'll turn it around to you, Tom. So what, <laughs> oh, what are, oh, what are, what are you
0: script, I'm going to
1: flip it on you, Tom. Oh. It's, this is, this is my interview. It's a conversation. So yes, that's what, are, true. what are some that's things, what are some things that you do to like, like you get to, because we talked yeah. about like restoring leaders that comes out of a pain of you where you got discouraged. Right. Yep. So like, what are some things that you did to Ooh, yeah. get yourself out of that discouragement and keep going?
0: Yeah, I, I wrote a book. No, <laughs> 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 actually, the book was great therapy for that. Um, my yeah. my Valley's Over Mountains, shameless plug. But,
1: but writing uh, a book is very exhausting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it can be. But it was yeah. therapeutic for me because I was yeah. able to release a lot of things. I think mm. preventing dis- discouragement is one. You And we've said this before. I know we have in previous conversations. Don't compare yourself and stop looking at social media, thinking that those people have it all together. I certainly don't want somebody to think I've got it all together. I've already confessed the fact I'm I'm a couple days away from Sunday. I don't even remember what day it is. And I'm still short on volunteers. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've got a huge weekend coming up at our church. So I I feel it. I feel this pressure and there's a little nagging of, oh, why doesn't, pe- why don't people care? Why, why do I, mm-hmm. why can't I get more? How, how do I leverage this? Um, I, I get that feeling. So what do I do? Well, one, I stop looking at social media and comparing myself because just because they're, they got a big social media presence and a lot of followers doesn't mean they have it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if they're a conference speaker, a published author, whatever. Get rid of this this idea that we have Christian celebrities and ministry celebrities. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't, man. I am. I'm so. They're just people.
1: They're just people. Exactly. And and, and there's just people that did something that got them a lot. They brush
0: their teeth the same way I do. At least I I, hope they brush their teeth. But um, anyway, the
1: ones I've met, they do. Yeah, (laughs) I think most of
0: the people I know. But what I would say is, is stop comparing. Mm -hmm. I would say, take a breath and make sure that you are taking pause on a regular basis, even if it's only 15 to 20 minutes and you focus on the things that are going well and what Mm -hmm. you can do. Um, The moment you start focusing on the things that you can't and you let that play in your playlist and you ruminate, you know, and rumination is just basically like a cow chewing its cud and Mm -hmm. it chews it and swallows it, brings it back up, which is gross, chews it some more, spits it back, you know, and then back and forth. Right. We do that to ourselves as leaders Mm -hmm. um, where we ruminate on the, the things that we're lacking, the things that we feel inadequate of uh, the things that we uh, don't have. And we let poverty mindset and scarcity mindset creep in and mm-hmm. what we have to do is, is say, no, I am rebuking those things. I am not going to allow them in my playlist. I am going to focus on praising God and thanking God and focusing on what I can do. And I'm going to celebrate those things. And maybe for a season, I limit some of the things that I'm doing and that we're doing as a ministry so that mm-hmm. I can keep multiplying in a, in a, in a in a a multiplication doesn't have to be one times a thousand it could be one yeah. times one and one times two and one times mm-hmm. three it doesn't have to get to the double digits right away but right one times one over time is big <laughs> mm-hmm. um you'll get there and so I think you have to keep things in a godly perspective and you have to understand you are a human being and you are to be a human being not a human doing. And mm-hmm. so I think if you can focus on those couple of things, you can prevent that discouragement from overtaking you. So, yeah. All right. Now I think, I think,
1: uh, yeah, I, I think that's great. And along those same lines, I, I would say that, um, when you look at your calendar and and you look at your year, there needs to be stretching times and there needs to be releasing times. There's gonna yes. be times that's like for on the Kidman calendar for us, it's Easter to summer to VBS or Easter to camp. That is that's a stretching time. It's go go go. It's super fast. You're working. You're working late at night. You're recruiting volunteers. There needs to be a releasing time that happens throughout your year. Uh, and I know we're heading into fall festival and some churches may do big falls and that kind of stuff, but like there needs to be some time, a couple weeks or, or a month, if you can squeeze it in of like, okay, we're not, we're just, we're just chilling. And, and like, we're just doing, we're doing the systems and we're just kind of flowing the systems. But in the meantime, like I'm going to, le- instead of me leaving at five or six or seven, like I've been doing, I'm going to leave at four just because I can't. Uh, just because there's not that much pulling on me. And that that kind of gives you that resting and the re- renewal so That's you good. can recover as you get, get into that. And you kind of want to do that at the same time. I wanted to say this when we were talking about planning our days. Like, you need to understand the rhythm of your day as well. Uh, because if you if you a lot you have about three hours of quality time of quality work you can do and so if you try to cram all of this work throughout your entire eight hour nine to five work day you're gonna run out so like for me about three o'clock i'm about done like there's nothing else going on up said so like i'm gonna put all my brain work in the morning and in the evening and in, in the afternoon that's where like that's where i'm going shopping Uh, That's where I'm calling up volunteers and doing pastoral care. Uh, That's where I'm doing something just like I'm going and like cleaning up kids church or setting up for stuff. You know, that's I'm doing things. that's not pulling a lot of the brain time, but I can get up and move. I'm still being productive, but I'm still creating things with that. Uh, And I think. I think the big thing when you're getting discouraged, and and what you talked about, Tom, is like, okay, this is in the immediate crisis, and that is solid advice that you talk there. But if you find yourself in a in an extended discouragement time, what you need to do is you need to understand, you need to go back and and remember your first love. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What what motivated you to? decide to step into ministry? Was it a calling from God? Was it, was it, you led a kid to Christ? Was it, you, you saw the light bulb come on? What was that thing for you that, that like, even when like, you just feel like you just want to quit. And, and like, for me, I've been going through some crazy stuff going on my life right now. And like, but the thing that keeps me coming back is like the calling on my life. Like, this is what God has called me to do. And, and so, yep. I'm going to keep persevering because this is what God has called me to do, and I'm not going to let the death spiral, the doom spiral of all the bad things happening to me pull me down. I'm going to put keep my eyes on the Lord. His yoke is easy. His burden is light, and he's right going to carry me through this to get through this time. Sorry, I yep. shouldn't preach.
0: No, that's okay. I mean – yeah. yeah. You've obviously read my book because one of the things I talk about <laughs> when you find yourself in a season in, in valley season is, is to ask why. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's because of things that we're doing and we're doing it in an unhealthy way that yeah. push us in that way. And you're right. If your hard season doesn't have an end date, you have a problem. Yeah. Um. And, and so not every season lasts a long period of time. Um, I don't see it in scripture anywhere where a season lasts and goes and goes and goes. I mean, mm-hmm. Job's suffering had a, t- a start and a finish. Right. Um, it didn't go on forever. Um, mm-hmm. and Elijah had a season of, of great ministry and then he had a season of discouragement, but it didn't last forever. And there was an end date. And eventually mm-hmm. Jesus said, clean yourself up, eat, rest, sleep. Now get going. It's time right. to keep moving. Um, it's also time he to did. hand off.
1: <laughs> and he was way more encouraged. Yeah. And then he passed it off immediately yeah. soon after that. Yeah.
0: So I think leader, you're right. If if you see yourself in a long season of discouragement, you need to consider why. And maybe there's things that you're doing that you should stop doing, or there's things that you need to let go of. There's things that you need to get clear out or stop or hand off. Um, yeah. And then there okay. may be times where you need to take a break. And you need to rest. And so you need to find out where can I plan some margin um, so I can keep the mission. Well, as we go
1: have, I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead. No, that's right. Go ahead.
1: I just, one last question. I've had one last story. I've had one time where I had to have that conversation with my pastor, Mm. where I, I did not do the stretch and release thing we talk about. And I doubled up my work and then it was Palm Sunday morning. And all of a sudden I'm ready to turn in my keys. Oh boy. And, and that you can't quit on Palm Sunday morning. That's not allowed. <laughs>
0: uh, that's not good. Uh, no,
1: it was right after a big egg hunt. So like, we're expecting a lot of guests the following, you know, the, the, the Sunday and I just couldn't do it. And so that Monday morning I went into my pastor in tears and it was like, I, I, I want, I want to, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. so he gave me time. He was gracious and he gave me time off and he helped me take things off my plate uh, and and help me reevaluate how much I was doing because he I was he I kept taking on more and more things and and then finally my body said you can't enough <laughs> and and so there was yep. a resting and renewal that God brought me through and my pastor helped shepherd me through that got me through that time to be. Yep. Get ready and do that. And so you may need to do that. If you're that exhausted, you may need to do that as well. Yeah.
0: In in the ministry that I do with Restoring Leaders, um, and if you are resonating with this part and you need someone to process and talk through, go to restoringleaders.org. Um, you can schedule a call. Uh, it's 30 minutes to start off with me. Restoring Leaders is a faith ministry. We don't charge anything for any anybody to help get help. Um, it's all donation-based, if you can give, if you can't. And by the way, if you want to give and support someone else, we're always looking for people that want to sponsor another leader because we have leaders that we're working with even currently that have no funds to pay. And we're not asking for them to pay anything because we want to help them get on the other side of the valley. And then once we get you to the other side, then if you want to look back and donate, go for it. But but this mission is all here for ministry leaders to navigate these kind of things, um, to figure out how do I move out of discouragement or burnout or overwhelm? Um, now KMC coaching, that's for your leadership stuff. If you want to get le- better as being a leader, you can jump in there. David offers some coaching. Jim Weidman offers coaching. There's a couple other people that I would recommend. There's others that I honestly, I can't recommend. Um, but there's some <laughs> that I, I can, um, and will recommend. If, if we're not the right fit, I'll find it. Uh, for you. Um, but, uh, just don't think you have to get stuck here or that things won't change or can, can't change. Even if you're serving in a small church and you say, well, I don't have a budget for coaching. Well, there are coaches out there that will work with you. Um, and I'm one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think people are shocked at how often I, I will flex on, on coaching rates to, to help leaders. Um, but, uh, I'm willing to do the work if, if they are too. But the whole idea is, is don't let discouragement tap you out. Um, it's yes. just wrong. Um, so, you
1: were, you all right, well, never we got to, we, yes. to do this alone. Never. Yes. Oh, do man. It. Yeah.
0: Don't do it alone. Drives me crazy. Um, yeah. we, we There's so many unnecessary quitting happening because leaders tapped out from, from feeling like they were stuck and isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we wrap up, um, let's talk about some ideas and resources and anything else that we can think of that might help somebody that wants to move from addition mindset to multiplication mindset. Um, got any things that stick out to you?
1: So uh, a couple of things that we talked about before, just to do my own little shameless plug is that do we it. talked about, we talked about job descriptions. Uh, we talked about planning out our ideas and stuff. And so I have a couple of blog posts on my blog. We'll put those in the show notes about here's how to, here's what you need to think about. When you create your job description. And then when we talk about flow chart, about finding all the jobs and how to do that, I have another blog post that helps you create those things and put those ideas together. Uh, if we're talking about like more of like a book resource, that's not about me uh, is uh, the, the, the book that I read, almost every year and i've taken every one of my leaders through has been stretched by jim Weideman. and yep. and that idea is taking the core premise of that idea is that you're moving from a maintenance mindset to a growth mindset that instead of us we're just taking this sunday by sunday we're going to start thinking about okay what would happen the the question the question that scares us is like if your if your kids ministry was to double tomorrow and then they <laughs> never left would you be ready for that? Yep. And so, and then the book walks you through a whole slew of things that you may never even thought about yep. uh, of, of how to change your thinking from that maintenance mindset to a growth mindset. And especially if you're a smaller church, the and big churches can come into this, but if your church has been stagnant for a while, you've been living in this maintenance world for a long time. And so yep. if you want to, if you want to reach more people for Jesus, you got to get into that growth mindset.
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, if you're struggling with time, another Jim Weidman book is Beat the Clock. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. actually, I got both of those books. Um, Look so at if you. somebody's watching the YouTube channel, woo, there they are. Yeah. Um, Beat the Clock, Stretch. Um, yeah, I, they, those are my two of my annual reads. Um, if you're struggling with time, task management, Beat the Clock, even though, yes, Jim will even admit it's dated. Um, there, there's illustrations. It's, it's probably time for him to, yeah, mention a Palm in, pilot in that one. Is that, the I one think so. He so he Cause this was back pilot? in 2009 when he wrote this oh, one. Man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's time for, it's time for an update. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, it's still the principles there are timeless. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I would recommend those kind of things. Yeah. You've got some stuff on your blog at the kids yeah. ministry blog. Uh, there are, there are some posts there. Um, and we can put some links in the show notes for people, but, uh, I would, I would consider getting a coach, having somebody help you. Um, mm-hmm. last resource I'll mention, um, I, cause I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about how I do do stuff. There is a chaos to calm guide, um, that mm-hmm. you can get. Um, if you go to kids, ministry, com. um, right on the top of the page, there's a button that says chaos to calm guide. You fill out some info and it'll, you can get the PDFs, but there's a whole worksheet that helps you define your values and what's uh, priorities and then helps you build out your ideal week. Um, and it's been very helpful to me. Um, it's been helpful to my coaching students. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, check all those things out. Um, you know, it's, it's worth it. So, well, dude, hey, yeah. thanks for the time. Um, this has been fun as usual. It has been. Yeah, And uh, we hope it's been helpful to all of you that have been listening. So, all right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective podcast. And again, we want to say thank you to all of you that have subscribed, that share, um, that have become part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group. Um, I've been noticing as we've been letting people come into the group, um, we've been adding to our numbers. It's a fast growing group. Uh that some of you are telling me that you found us because of the podcast. And we thank you for listening. Uh and we appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh let us know if there's a topic or idea that you need. Uh, feel free to comment uh in the Kid Ministry Collective group. We when we post these every Monday, uh a link to the the episodes, you're welcome to ask a question or say, hey, I'd like to hear an episode about this. We would love to do some more listener question episodes coming up. So thanks for listening and join me for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe. And leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.